0: hi this is big talk michael glab here once again in my very informal garage office via zoom my guest this week eric brown the owner of caveat emptor eric Thanks for being on Big Talk.
1: Thanks for having me, Michael. Appreciate it.
0: You and your uh, wife, Catherine, who I understand is referred to as Katie, both own Caveat mTOR. Next year,
1: Caveat mTOR is going to be in business for 50 years. We really wanted to make it to 50 years. It's been around since 1971. We've owned it since 2016. It has uh, survived many a day on the chopping block. You know, uh, 21st century isn't the best time to, in a digital age to have a used bookstore, but uh, I, see, I saw a lot of promise in it, and it, it's just an, a Bloomington and Indiana University institution. And so uh, we we doing what we can to keep it going.
0: Now, apparently, the first time you ever walked into Caveat Emptor was back when you were an Indiana University student, and I'm thinking this was, if my math is correct, about 1994 you walked into Caveat Emptor.
1: I did, the first time ever. It was one of my first stops when I came to town. I was a transfer student uh, in the January semester, and... <laughs> I remember I remember it specifically it was a cold day I walked in I you, you know surrounded by books and I said this is the place for me here <laughs> I've heard it
0: quoted by you that you said it was heaven
1: it really is i mean i'm i'm a bibliophile i'm a book person i, I love to read and so just walking in and stacks upon stacks of books in all kinds of genres decades out of print Hard to find. You know, it's just a it's a warm, fuzzy place to be for me.
0: Caveat MTOR was started in 1971 by a fellow named Giannis Starks. Janis, uh, a gentleman from Latvia. And if I recall correctly, Janis was a, a refugee from the Holocaust as a young child during World War II. And in March of 2016, he decided he was finished with caveat MTOR and either was going to close it or sell it. And the story goes that Katie heard about this, that the store was closing.
1: She was out of town and she saw on her Facebook feed or something about the store. And, and she said, did you know caveat mTOR is closing? I said, no, she says, yeah, it's up for sale. I said, Oh, okay. Well, uh, I got to go because I'm going to go buy a bookstore. <laughs> and I hung up. <laughs> it was a total joke. I was kidding. I didn't think there was any way we were going to buy caveat. We don't have, didn't have the means or we were able to do it. But uh, Giannis was so great. We were able to work out a deal. And we came up with the funding and, and bought it uh, essentially on the spot.
0: Wow. Boy, that was lucky. Because I remember speaking with Giannis at the time. And he was saying, I don't know how I'm going to get all those books out of that store. How many books were in the store, do you think, on the day you walked in and bought it?
1: Well, I think he had known he was uh, needed to get out, and so he wasn't really acquiring many books at that time. Uh-huh. So the shelf was probably about half empty, hmm. and yet there were still probably 20,000 books here.
0: 20,000?
1: Yeah, and that's half empty. We've since packed the, the shelves with stuff. But what's funny about that is I thought I was buying the store as is, and I come in, and about day two, you know, we're, in, we're talking about buying the place, and I come in, and I'm just shooting the breeze with Giannis, and he goes, oh, I forgot to tell you. I might need to show you the storage units. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what What storage units? You didn't mention this because we'd already come to a deal for the store. He's like, well, grab your car, pick me up, let's go. And so we headed north of town, and he had these two huge storage units packed. You couldn't get the door fully open, and it was just boxes of books that were accumulated from the store for the last 40 years. And so there were 20,000 books in the store, which I thought I was getting. Additionally there was probably about 75,000 books in stores that came with the store.
0: So that's almost 100,000 total books.
1: Yeah, that was, that's our initial estimate. It was it's somewhere, be, give or take, you know, give or take 10,000 between friends, you know.
0: <laughs> when you took over, you basically bought the entire inventory, you bought the name, but you were a tenant in one of the storefronts on the east side of the courthouse square here in bloomington on walnut street right in the middle of the block
1: the books i loved that was great but it was really important to me the institution you know we we're the owners now but i don't consider us that we're just the curators you know oh. this is a this is a temple to history and knowledge and uh, all the good things that book lovers Really enjoy, and so we're just the curator of of a store. It's it's Giannis's baby. It's an extension Indiana University's and Bloomington store. You know, we're just uh, we're just the people who take care of it.
0: You know what's funny? I was looking up to see what all the different bookstores there were here in Bloomington at some certain time, and let me just give you the list of uh, some of them. There was. Morgan Stern's over in the Eastland Plaza, that closed in the mid nineteen nineties. There was Howard's, which was on the south end of the courthouse, that closed in twenty thirteen. And then here's a bunch of other bookstores that were and now are not: Aquarius Books, Between the Lines, Walden Books, Borders, B. Dalton, and Barnes and Noble. That's a lot of bookstores. And a lot of bookstores that are out of business right now but you're still in it
1: yeah uh, it's determination stupidity insanity call it whatever you, <laughs> whatever you want but yeah uh, been a few close calls but yeah we're still hanging in there and a lot of those uh, previous stores that you mentioned their owners have come in and wished us luck over the years and um, you know some said it kind of like yeah we wish you the best of luck and others said it like Hey, good luck, man.
0: (laughs) The story goes that uh, back when you were talking with Giannis to buy the place, one of the things you did was ask him what he would do if he were in your shoes. And he gave you, I believe, a one-word answer.
1: That's true. He said very clearly, very succinctly, move. (laughs) Why? Why? Well, rent has is, is just gotten so out of control downtown. And um, uh, a lot of the independent stores, let alone independent bookstores that don't have a lot of capital or uh, operating revenue, really can't compete with the dollars that come in from the restaurants and the bars and the chains. That, a simple family-owned independently used bookstore really doesn't doesn't really have a shot downtown now I do want to give a shout out to our landlord and we were coming up against it because our lease was over last year the one Giannis had originally signed we uh we had it good for I think three years still Uh when we took over and that was coming new and there's just no way that we could uh survive under the current thing and They believe in what we do and and some of the things that we were doing and some of our more community-oriented attitude towards what we were doing. And and they came to the table, and and they gave us a deal that, that allowed us to at least have a fighting chance down here.
0: That's a pretty neat building over there. I know I've taken guitar lessons up on the second floor. There's a bunch of little studios.
1: Did you take them with Sarah? Yeah, of
0: course. She's fabulous.
1: She's so great. Um, I, it's funny. I didn't even know she was up there, and we bought the store, and I was moving in, and there she was. I had worked with her with my other business. We have performed together live a couple hundred times in, in my career, and I show up, and there she is at the bookstore. And I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, what a place. It's a real it's sort of
0: a social center, that little building there, right on the alley in the middle of the block. Last August was when you had your first sort of crisis, I believe. Yeah. Leading up to signing another year's lease. You had three options. Do you recall what they were?
1: We were up against it, so I, it was probably move, close, or sell.
0: The other was own your own building
1: Ah, yeah, that's right. That was a pipe dream.
0: Talk about an investment, huh?
1: My idea for that was almost similar to what happened in the last week or so with our appeal that we're closing to almost yeah. you know that would have had to have been a, a national, maybe even international effort to get people to have the store survive. Why didn't you just move? To,
0: for instance, say the Eastland Plaza. It's a strip mall. It's down by uh, College Mall Road on 3rd Street.
1: That's just not what Caveat MTOR is. Caveat MTOR to me is, is that funky little independently run bookstore stuffed full of neat books that has its own vibe, its own history, its own. It's almost its own entity, you know, and and every good college town deserves a a store like that, and you know, moving to just um, nothing against any of those type of stores, but that's just not what we are, and to me, the ethos of of what this is is, would disappear the second we tried to do something like that. So, uh, nothing against Giannis's advice, but uh, we just couldn't do it. We, you know, he. He could have, he can say that. He's he's never, he doesn't, I don't think he really understands what he built here and how important it is to so many people who have come through Bloomington and who live in Bloomington. Uh, I recognize that. That's not a move. I, w- I wouldn't even entertain that.
0: Eric Brown, the co owner of Caveat MTOR. Now, Caveat MTOR, right there on Walnut Street. East side of the square, directly across the street from the courthouse. Caveat MTOR sells used rare and collectible books. At one time, there was even music being sold at Caveat MTOR.
1: We had sort of a fire sale on the CDs when we took over, just because we tried them. We decided in year one, we're not changing any anything whatsoever. We're just leaving it as is aside from you know, maybe filling the shelves and tidying up a little bit. So CDs just obviously were not uh, something of, you know, the 2010s that we should be selling. So we got rid of those. We technically sell vinyl, but it's so hard to keep in that our selection is pretty poor. Now, since we've been shut down, we're partnering again with someone else who's going to bring in a couple of cases of vinyl. So hopefully it'll be Full circle, and we'll uh, we'll do a we'll dabble in the music again when we go reopen.
0: Before the listeners get scared to death, when you said when since we've been shut down, it doesn't mean the business has closed. It means like everybody else, you're under the quarantine because of COVID nineteen.
1: Yes, that's correct. Um, and we we closed down pretty early. We didn't even want to mess with that. Uh, it it just. We're, we're a kind of a comfy, cozy little uh, place, and and you know, there's no way we could even early on that we could keep any social distancing or so. Yeah. it was pretty easy. You know, let's let's just shut this thing down. You know, a neat thing that you did is
0: when you bought the place, you kept the few staff members that Giannis had hired. You kept them on.
1: We did. Like I said, that first year, we made the decision. We love this place as is. I have Everyone has their idea. I had my ideas about what I wanted to change, but I didn't want to come in guns blazing and, and just start changing things. And I especially didn't want to put anybody out of a job. I mean, it was, it was tough. We could have easily taken all the hours ourselves and saved a lot of money and maybe done better. I have no idea. But to me, it's just a no-brainer people had jobs and livelihoods and we, we didn't want to interrupt that.
0: One of the neat things about caveat emptor is you can walk into the place and have blinders on. You can't see a thing, but if you walk in, you know, you're in a bookstore.
1: Yeah. It's one of the most commented on things when people walk in and, and that's a, both a joy and a shame because it, it's unique in this day and age to have that smell and that vibe. Um, there are people who bring their kids to IU for the first time now who have grown up in a town without a used bookstore and they wow. because I mean how many what percentage is closed the last 10 15 20 years right. and they specifically what store is one of the first stops so the parents can show their kids hey this is what a used bookstore is like and more importantly this is what it smells like. This is the ambiance. This is, this is something you cannot create. I mean, you can't make this up. That has to be, you know, this is a unique situation. And if you
0: and I know kids, I'm sure there's a lot of eye rolling going on when that's being done.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. You know, we're, <laughs> we, we cater to a, a strong and passionate minority of book lovers and, uh, you know, not everybody gets it, and that's fine, uh, but uh, those that do uh, love it forever.
0: Now, again, you're the co-owner of Caveat M Tour, Eric Brown, and your wife, Katie Brown. You both do it. Which one of you brought the other into the world of books?
1: Oh, I I plead guilty. I I've, <laughs> I've amassed books forever, and... A, a long time ago, Katie made a rule that I can't bring any more books without taking them out. I, so I've
0: <laughs> one of the most miserable things in the world is moving people who are literate. Those boxes of books weigh about a thousand pounds each.
1: <laughs> yeah, people who move or family members who are dealing with the states—it's—it's it's, books are kind of a burden unless you just have an insane passion for them you know so
0: I know one thing that I've done as I've grown older is I said I can't keep every book that I've bought there are those I read and then I say okay these are going somewhere else but then there's a core library that I keep in my house of about 200 books that's about it still that's probably 10 times more than most people have in their house what do you think
1: I think you're right. Just on average, it's, it's funny. We get the the full scale. I'll have people call me saying I have uh, so many books. Can you take, can you manage this many if, if, if we decide to, you know, give them to you and I'm thinking, you know, this must be a 10,000 book estate, or at least 5,000. Well, how many do you have? Oh, about 50, you know? So. (laughs) Uh, it's just, it's all relative.
0: One of the things about both you and Katie is, is that you have different attitudes toward your personal books. She likes to dog ear her pages and she makes notes in the margin. You are Mr. Neat and Pristine with your books. And there's Katie in the background. I can see her. Hi, Katie. Hello. (laughs) So, what happens if she borrows one of your personal books and starts messing it up?
1: Luckily, I read really dry and boring, like philosophy and history of science books, and she would not touch them with the 10 foot pole.
0: <laughs> I see her nodding her head in agreement over there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> What's funny is about you categorized me as neat and tidy with my books, and her as, you know, kind of the opposite. It is directly opposite in our lives she's Ah. the neat and tidy clean person and i'm the slob (laughs) and it's completely opposite She, she'll be like why were you in your library organizing the books for five hours for the nine thousandth time when there's dishes to do you've been a singer songwriter yeah that's true i actually um that's my main profession i'm book the book business is kind of just my secondary, um, passion, love of life, which is so funny because most people are opposite. The music is their, their, uh, their hobby, but books are my hobby and, um, uh, music has been my profession. You're in the
0: business of music. Uh, you and Jen Christie, I believe operate One Pulse Entertainment.
1: Yeah, that's right. We started One Pulse about five years ago. Uh, we had done some shows together and perform together and just really hit it off. You know, there's so much talent in uh, in Bloomington, and not only from the music school, but just local, Just there's so much musical talent. But as the years went on, there's not really much of an outlet, kind of similar to the book business. There are a lot of live music venues that have closed the last 10, 15, 20 years. And so uh, One Pulse Entertainment is really about getting great musicians together and, and keeping them in the professional music business.
0: Now I've heard about Eric Brown and the L street band. And you told me right before we
1: started recording that it's got a different name. What is that name? Eric Brown and the hungry hearts. Aha. Well, it's called Eric Brown, and the hungry hearts. Uh, essentially we started off as a Springsteen tribute cover band and uh it just kind of morphed into we, we with through one pulse entertainment we do a lot of classic rock from the 60s 70s and 80s through one pulse we do some tributes like springsteen and tom petty and then we also have eclectic shows like we did a woodstock show last year for its 50th anniversary so it's just uh i name the band something different every time we do something so when it's springsteen it's eric brown and the hungry hearts when it's Tom Petty, it's Eric Brown and the Heartlanders, you know. Ah. When it's Woodstock, we'll, we'll name it something else themed to the, to the show. So it's always kind of Eric Brown and the something or other, depending on what we're trying to pull off.
0: Last week, you and Katie put out a little announcement on social media saying, times are tough, we might not make it. And then a surprise came.
1: We put that message out, and quite literally overnight, probably two to 300 orders from all over the country because uh, it went semi-viral that first night.
0: You almost had trouble keeping up with
1: those orders, huh? We did. We're still working hard to keep up. (laughs) We're just a brick-and-mortar store. We're old school. You come in, you browse, you find some books. You check out and you go. We're almost you could say Luddite anti technology. Like this is a respite from technology. We're yeah. We've always kind of been like leave your laptop and iPhone at the door. You know, when you walk through our doors, you're walking back in time. And caveat,
0: uh, caveat MTOR even has those very old fashioned Ladders that are on wheels that you they're angled against the wall and you can go all the way up almost to the ceiling, but that's old-fashioned. That's old school.
1: Yeah, I mean we really truly are old school, and it's not for show or for quaintness. I mean we we truly are, and so I was kind of proud of myself that I figured out how to put an order form online for for book in the first week. We I, I just sent out my six hundred. 600th invoice this morning we weren't prepared for that so i mean every day we've had to do something to streamline something or other or get used to how to use technology or it's fantastic that it happened and we're really excited that the store has been saved for now but um it, it it's been interesting try for an old school place like us to try and keep up with an amazon world
0: what book are you reading right now?
1: I am always reading 50 to 100. I'm one of those. The one I'm about to finish is, it's just called Spock's World. It's a Star Trek book from the 80s.
0: Eric Brown is the co-owner of Caveat Emptor. That's the used, rare, and collectible bookstore that's on Courthouse Square, Walnut Street, in, right in the middle of downtown Bloomington, He is the co-owner with his wife, Katie Brown. She handles operations. He handles acquisitions. They have employees. They're working. They're going to town. They deliver by a bicycle. Uh, They have programs having to do with giving books to schools and and even IU departments. Things are happening. uh, So far, so good. Although, hey, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow?
1: It's real important to me to mention that um, the community, uh, both micro and macro, has been amazing. And what I mean by that is uh, here in town Bloomington, we're, we're dealing with uh, a real existential crisis for people, for small businesses, for nations, for everybody. Everybody is really dealing with a tough time everybody in Bloomington and the extended Bloomington IU community both small community and the broader community has been amazing you know people are stepping up and doing really cool things during hard times and we just really appreciate it you know places like Cardinal Spirits switched their business model to instantly they could you know get hand sanitizer to local businesses when there was a shortage and the Ryder film series came to us and said, Hey, we're doing this film. Let's partner up, you know, and there's just so many, too too many to list, but just little small kindnesses to large kindnesses have really um, given us optimism and our customers in return have said, Hey, everyone needs a bright spot right now. And, and we, we just want to, we just want to be one of those.
0: Eric, thanks so much for being on big talk.
1: Thanks, Michael.
2: Shoving books on the night shift to take some time, but I guess I like it. Do his decimals keep me company. Out the window, you are dancing with those girls who can't stop laughing. Lip gloss too hot, fake big, big drama queens. You were drinking a margarita, and I was reading my Antonia. I got to thinking that I don't fit inside that world, mom i life not like because I- Got coffee back You were talking about a a, a, a a C D C and I was playing my poo uh, poo uh, poo uh, cheating I got to thinking that I